Welcome to the Advice and Insights Podcast with David L. Bonson. Hello and welcome to this week's Advice and Insights Podcast. This is David Bonson, the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Partner at the Bonson Group. And we want to do kind of a special topic this week. I mean, I could definitely go into what's creating the day-by-day triple-digit up-and-down volatility in the market, and I could definitely talk more about the concerns we have around protectionism and the posturing of a trade war, whether it's a fake trade war or not, um, and the impact that tariffs are having on market anxiety. But we have covered all those topics quite a bit. We'll be covering them a lot more. Um, in our weekly Dividend Cafe, which uh, the podcast is something we want you to subscribe to, and the dividendcafe.com is where we do our normal weekly writing. It's something I've been writing every single week for many, many years. And, and we cover a whole lot of broad topics and give an overview treatment to a lot of these types of things that are moving the markets, trade, tariff. Um, now we're going to start earnings season, talk about the Fed. But as much as possible, I love advice and insights to week by week, not be so generalist and really and really more dig into um, a particular topic and, and, and a sort of specific theme that has relevance. And, and this week, that topic is this whole subject of scrutiny around big tech. And let me, let me phrase it a little differently. The sort of socio-political environment um, that is now weighing on some of the kind of cool technology companies, big, new, modern uh, tech companies that have been such a meaningful part of, of moving the market for, for so long. And, and so a lot of times there's been this acronym of the FANG stocks, uh, which is a shorthand for Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. It doesn't necessarily capture the whole space of what we're calling big tech. And I definitely don't have anything to say today that is a specific um, recommendation around why we do or don't like any of these particular names. We happen to not own any of those aforementioned names at the Bonson Group, and we have no plans to buy them. But that isn't my plan, My point in, in this topic. My point is to kind of give a treatment to investors to better understand the lay of the land as it pertains to what is going on with what has been a sizable part of the S&P 500 returns. Why we would say that one could actually be somewhat bullish on markets and yet not bullish on the index. And and so I'll start with that very point. The um, FANG contribution to S&P 500, first of all, just from a composition standpoint, because the S&P 500 is market capitalization weighted, the index is constructed, the percentage of the index that is filled by a given company depends on the size of that company and by size, we mean its market capitalization, not its price. And the Dow is a price-weighted index. So if, for example, a company is $20 billion, a, a you know, nice size, big company, but not ginormous, 
then they'll uh, represent a certain weighting in the index. But if, for example, a company is a $700 billion size company, which happens to be the market capitalization of Amazon, then they will represent a significantly higher weighting in the index. In this case, geez, I didn't even do the math before I started going down this path, 35 times bigger than a $20 billion company. So you can see now why the, um, the, the FANG type stocks, because of the sheer size of, of Facebook, which is nearly a $500 billion company, Amazon, 700, Google, over 700, and Netflix at 130 billion. These are large companies that have not only been huge performers, but that have been, had a big weighting. So to the degree that if one believes there is some anxiety or compression of value coming around the uh, FANG stocks, that it could have a bigger impact in the um, S&P 500 overall. It's a pretty reasonable conclusion. Well, <clears throat> what if you're not bearish on the FANG stocks? And see, this is kind of an important uh, distinction. I am not bearish on the FANG stocks. I am cognizant of the fact that they're very high valuations, high market multiples, and nearly, until recently, uninterrupted trajectory of stock price growth has come with an incredible advantage of being well-liked by regulators, by legislators, by media, by pop culture. And that all of those things have are now um, changing. And so we believe that you have to allow for a repricing in the marketplace when there is a paradigm shift as the one I'm about to describe. And so when, when we talk about this new environment, um, I, I, it is something that we began writing about at the Bonson Group in the summer of last year. And at the time it was more forecast driven. It was saying, we can see an environment where the socio-political mood around this sector is starting to change, that on a sort of bipartisan basis, there, there begins being skepticism that surfaces around some of their business models, some of their um, social reach, some of the uh, implications into society. And, and a lot of this was premature at the time, but it has proven to be, you know, it's one of these forecasts, these happen from time to time, where it was so right that I can't even really take credit for it because I could never have guessed that it would be this right. I didn't mean it with this degree of boldness and specificity. We are right now witnessing, and I still believe it is early innings, an avalanche of paradigm shift in the way that the public is relating to a lot of these entities and the way that the political um, ecosystem is is uh, relating as well. There's a lot of public uh, discussion right now around Facebook in particular as a huge social media company, but again, that's just one example. Yes, their CEO is in this real kind of high profile um, uh, Senate and, and now uh, congressional hearings this week, 
and there's been a lot of uh, talk around privacy-related issues, and, and they'll get through it one way or the other, and it means what it means, and that's not actually kind of relevant to the point I'm making. It is that these are not things that were ever priced into the stock pro forma. These are not things that could have been understood that there may be fear of antitrust concern for prominent search engine, or that there may be um, regulators that want to dig deeper into what content providers are able to stream and what competition um, has to exist amongst those bu buying to create content or buy content to stream it. The relationship between distribution and, and content manufacturing in the online entertainment world the um, role that social media properties, and there's plenty more other than just uh, Facebook out there, that they would play in our political system in elections, what regulations need to exist from the Federal Election Commission, of all things, subpoenas from investigation, from, from special counsels related for these technology companies related to the Russian foreign intervention in elections. This is, this is you know, way out there, way unforeseen. And now the very revenue models themselves uh, being questioned. Um, is the customer the asset or is the customer buying the asset? Is, the, is it IP that they are, are uh, monetizing? Is it, is it a platform that has advertising revenue or is that ancillary to data that can be sold? Unpacking exactly what uh, is their stated and explicit and understood revenue model. Well, these are all unbelievable operators. There's a lot of great um, management teams in place at some of these companies. If they weren't um, pretty remarkable innovators, uh, you know, whether you're talking about some of the chip makers, semiconductors, some of the people coming into the artificial intelligence space, we talked about social media. Um, if they weren't great at branding, some of these have become great consumer brands. You know, we're all aware of of uh, what Apple has been able to create around their iPhone identity and a whole related ecosystem of product suite. Um, you, you have a combination of, very, of, of evidences of very talented people from their, from their innovation to their marketing and branding to their revenue model and ability to monetize and ability to adjust in the, um, in the present uh, age. So I would argue that there's plenty of great things to say about the companies, and then it gets down to the Bonson Group and our clients, and how we're advising on client capital. And I make a very strong parallel to my historical study of what we're seeing take place right now in this sort of big tech, cool tech, hip tech sector, and what we believe took place in the past in other, other uh, aspects, sectors of the investable marketplace, where they didn't go away, the revenue model may be tweaked or poked at, but wasn't totally, completely disrupted. And yet the valuation was sort of changed over the course of two years, four years, eight years, into a decade. Because the socio-political, their, their relationship to society changed. And this is something that's very interesting. You look more recently in the headlines about, let's take, for example, the world's largest e-commerce retailer, obviously being Amazon. You look at um, the uh, relationship that they have right now, President Trump, 
and you say, geez, okay, this is, this is problematic. You know, they have this Republican president going after him. But the reality is that some of the early criticisms of what has happened with the, some of these e-commerce companies and what it's meant to the job market and low-skilled laborers and what it's done to certain neighborhoods that had brick-and-mortar retail, um, some of that criticism came from far-left uh, politicos, including, like, for example, Senator Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So they're very strange bedfellows here. You have far left, far right, miscentrist people in different ways coming after some of these companies. So I would argue that um, you're going to see a uh, uh, not, not a specific attack, not a specific um, legislation, not an attempt to necessarily break up. There will be probably attempts to break up some of these companies. I don't think they'll necessarily go anywhere. You'll get whisperings and murmurings. Some of the regulators, perhaps the European Union chimes in on antitrust. We remember those things with Microsoft in the 90s. But I guess what I would say is that I don't have to predict for you with total specificity who will say what and do what to whom, when, and how. I'm more just forecasting in the more abstract sense that they are all collectively running into a resistance that is not just political, but also social and cultural. There is a lot of indignation in society, not enough to break up the, the business model, not enough to say no one wants to use social media anymore, obviously. Just like people were continuing to fill up their gas tanks, even when the public persona around energy companies changed environmentally, socially, etc. Just as people continue to go to the ATM machine, even though they built up an indignation against the banking sector. So I believe that when you start off at stratospheric valuations and then go to a, um, uh, a basic um, repricing um, that will take place around the paradigm shift I'm describing, um, you have to expect returns going forward to be less than they otherwise would be. Now, maybe they were going to return umpteen percent, and they're just going to return something less than umpteen percent, but it's still going to be a great number. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But history tells us that when you've got done being the hottest performer on the planet and then run into this type of a paradigm shift that I'm describing which will create a repricing and a revaluation reality that um, I believe it becomes very challenging. It's a significant headwind. And yet, that's up against the reality that there is some deeply undervalued aspects in the marketplace right now, either on an individual company basis or, in some cases, entire sectors. So we think it speaks for a leadership shift in the market doesn't mean it'll happen tomorrow. Maybe it's already happening, by the way. Maybe it's not. Maybe it takes a year for this to play out. But more or less, we believe that we are witnessing right now the very early innings of what will no longer be a uninterrupted romantic relationship between big technology and society. And in fact, will become a likely um, permanently challenged one where there is um, always an appreciation for the product combined with kind of a, a mixed bag of skepticism, cynicism, distrust, concern, fear, as we've seen with big oil, big banks, and now big tech. 
that's our thesis. We hope you understand it. We hope you see how we're applying it. We're, we're still seeking to find other investable spots in the technology sector, but ones that we don't think are going to be in the headlines around this repricing story um, that rather have more mature business models and that we believe uh, then in addition to technology, we believe there are these other spaces creating deep value uh, individual energy companies, for example, dividend growers that right now are as attractive as ever. And so that's what we're looking to do. And, and of course, we talk about all those things week by week by week. Um, let me leave it there. Uh, thank you for listening to Vice and Insights. Please subscribe. Please um, write a review. Please spread the word. We want to get this uh, podcast broadcasted more democratically. And check out Dividend Cafe on Friday. If you have any questions, reach out anytime. If you're a client of the Bonson Group, any advisor, always available, wanting to talk to you. Your personal private wealth advisor cares deeply to answer your questions. These are volatile times, and we are paid to take the anxiety for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our Advice and Insights podcast with David L. Bonson. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.